changing your life one story at a time. This is the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast with Editor-in-Chief Amy Newmark. Hey, it's Amy Newmark and it's Friend Friday on the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. And today we're talking to financial expert Denitha Doe of our hit TV show, Going From Broke, which streams for free on Crackle and was produced by Ashton Kutcher, Matador Content, and Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment. And it's hosted by Dan Rosenzweig, the CEO of Chegg, and features our financial expert, our favorite financial expert, Denitha Doe. This show streams for free on Crackle, which is available online at crackle.com and on all major streaming platforms, including Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Roku, iOS, Android. So, Denitha, welcome to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. Hi, Amy. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So, besides being a financial expert on going from broke, you have to hear about Denitha's background. She's the creator of a really great website called Money and Mimosas. And I've been reading all the articles on this website, and it's fabulous. It's a multimedia financial education platform. It started out as a small weekly blog, and now it reaches tens of thousands of readers in more than 46 countries. And Denitha was named a personal finance expert by Fast Company and the Wall Street Journal, and she was recognized as a millennial thought leader by the Hong Kong Institute of CPAs and a millennial entrepreneur to watch by the office of Congresswoman Barbara Lee. And she's a former NFL cheerleader turned money maven and entrepreneur. And now through our show, Going From Broke, she is a cheerleader for all those millennials out there who are trying to get their financial house in order. So I'm so glad to have you on. It's such an amazing, relevant topic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to dig into this topic with you. Yeah, so let's start out by talking about this new TV show, Going From Broke. We just put out a press release. I don't even know if you saw it. It came out, I think, yesterday or the day before. And the press release said that we've had more than 11 million views of the Going From Broke show so far. That is so exciting. I did read that yesterday, and I am thrilled by the response that we're receiving on the show. Yeah, so... I wanted to talk to you about why this is so important, and I guess you really have the facts and figures, and you can talk about this national crisis that we have with student debt. Yes, it's definitely a topic of a conversation that's happening more and more across the country and something that I feel all of us need to be aware of, whether or not we hold student debt. Currently, 44 million Americans hold $1.5 trillion in student loan debt. And it's crushing for a lot of people, and it's wreaking havoc on our overall economy as well. So is it the total amount of principal due plus the interest rate? I mean, what are the interest rates generally on the student debt? Generally speaking, interest rates on student debt can be anywhere from 3 to 8%. The issue is sometimes those interest rates do fluctuate, so they're adjustable. There's also interest capitalization. So if someone hasn't been paying their student loans or perhaps they just graduated and they're now starting to make payments, the student loan lenders will backtrack and add interest accordingly to the payments that they didn't make previously. And so a part of the issue is the interest rate calculation and then also the sheer amount that they owe, students owe, graduates owe via principal. 
Yeah. And I imagine if the interest rates are too high, these young college graduates feel like it's impossible. They will never, ever pay it off. And so they just stop even trying. Yeah, it's definitely, it can definitely be a downward spiral. If someone graduates, perhaps there, it takes some time to find a good paying job. There's additional expenses, not just a student loan that they're now faced with, whether it's rent, maybe it's a mortgage if they're in a position to purchase a home, but usually it's rent. There's food and and heaven forbid they actually want to have, enjoy life. So there is some entertainment and meals along with that, that they're also faced with. And these student monthly student loan payments can be rather high. I mean, we're talking five, six, seven, eight, $900 a month, which is a huge chunk of change, especially if you're just now entering the workforce. Yeah, that is really bad. And then I know It hangs over people so much that a lot of young couples are delaying having children. They're delaying buying a home. It's almost like it's kept them all younger. Like my generation, my kids are, you know, in their early 30s. My generation, I think we were having kids earlier. We were buying homes earlier. We didn't have this hanging over us. And I think it's keeping a lot of people from moving forward in their lives. It's definitely holding people back from certain milestones, and and everyone's different. Delaying having children may actually be the best choice for some couples, but if they're doing that because of student loans, that's where the issue lies. It's that they're making these life decisions based upon this debt that, frankly, could have been avoided if we had certain policies in place to protect graduates and students. And, And it is heartbreaking from that perspective. And then from the economic perspective, the delay of purchasing homes does have a ripple effect on the overall economy. Yeah. And okay, this is going to sound like a strange question, but, and I'm going to sound so middle-aged when I say this, but how much does social media like Facebook and Instagram affect the spending habits of these new college graduates? That's a great question. Social media, I'm sure it has some impact. Social media certainly allows you to get a peek into other people's lives, whether it's real or not. And and there's the element of comparison. So there probably is some impact on someone's spending habits based upon who they follow on these different platforms and, and what they're exposed to. However, research shows that millennials and now Gen Z, their spending habits aren't that much different from baby boomers, from Gen Xers, from previous generations. The only difference lies in where they're spending their money, but the total amount of money that they're spending, given inflation and other balancing factors, is very similar to previous generations. Millennials and Gen Zers are spending more on experiences rather than things. But overall, their spending is quite similar to to older generations. Oh, well, that's very reassuring. That's really good because there is, I think, a tendency among the older generation to think, oh, these kids are just being irresponsible. But I know from watching the episodes of Going From Broke that while some of these kids do seem to be a little irresponsible, some of them actually seem extraordinarily responsible. And you just feel so bad for them because they're doing everything right and they're still saddled with all of this debt. You know, what I'd like to do is we'll take our break now. And when we come back, can we talk about some of the individuals who are highlighted in the show? Because some of them have such interesting stories. I'd love to. Yes, let's do that. 
We are back with financial expert Denitha Doe, and we're talking about the hit TV show, Going From Broke. And I've asked Denitha to talk about three of these millennials who are highlighted on the Going From Broke show because they have such fascinating stories. So let's talk with one of my absolute favorites, and that is Obi. Yes, I loved all of our participants on the show. Obi was one of my favorites. He graduated from Boston College. He was a star athlete. He ran track and also an honor roll student. And he graduated with over $80,000 in student loan debt. That's incredible. I mean, sometimes you wonder how they even let, you know, an 18-year-old kid sign up for such a big financial obligation. It almost sounds like they're taking advantage of, you know, a teenager. Absolutely. I a thousand percent agree. And in, in addition to that, in Obi's case, he was an athlete at a D1 school and this division one school, their athletic program generates a ton of revenue for the university. And to then, and that's on the backs of an athlete. So to then turn around and charge this athlete for making the school money, it boggles my mind. I agree with you. That is just awful. And I know BC, and I know my first husband went to BC, and I know how important sports is there. I thought that kids who were that important to the sports program would get full scholarships. You would think so. That's definitely something that I feel public policy needs to address because there's no reason why a student shouldn't, their tuition should be covered at the minimum. And in my opinion, they should be paid. But at least Obi, in his case, should not have had to graduate with so much debt. So I remember that Obi was actually sending money home to pay his younger brother's tuition. And I thought, what an amazing guy. And I just thought, this is not an irresponsible spender. This is a really good person who's stuck with this problem. Absolutely. Obi is incredibly driven ambitious. And once he graduated from college, yes, he was sending money home to pay for his younger brother to go through a private school system. He and his mom were covering those expenses. And also, Obi started his own business. He moved to LA to start his own company in the entertainment industry. And and he loves to, to look the part. So of course, he would spend accordingly. But all in all, yes, very disciplined, very ambitious, a great guy. So how did you help him? How did you solve some of his problems for him? The main issue that we worked through with Obi was awareness around his spending and and really this idea of keeping up with the Joneses, for instance. He lives in L.A. He has a business in the entertainment industry. So there's a lot of pressure to look the part. And that for him looks like buying clothes, going out on the weekends, covering everyone's bill at a restaurant, for instance, and that starts to add up. So the first thing that we did with OB was advise him to do a journal, keep a a log of his spending so that he could become aware of where his money was going. That makes sense. There are people I've seen like that who are overly generous and they just give and give and give, but sometimes you don't have the financial wherewithal to do that and that's where it gets irresponsible. Yes, it's definitely, it's definitely, he has a big heart. And, and also in his case, he was trying to keep up with this appearance that he, he wanted to maintain. So that was the first thing that we helped him with. And then secondly, we brought to his attention how much money he was going to end up paying in interest on his student loans if he 
took the 25, 30 years to pay them off. That was a huge eye-opener for him and, and really drove him to dig deeper as an entrepreneur and figure out ways that he could increase his income so that he could get in a place where he could come out, out of the set much quicker. All right. Then we had another millennial miracle. And like OB, she was taking care of a family member also. And she had $80,000 in debt also, just like OB. So let's talk about Miracle, really another very impressive young woman. Absolutely. Miracle, I'm going to say all of them are my favorite. Miracle is one of my favorites. And she she did come from a, a tough upbringing. She was, had to become an adult pretty quickly. Her dad wasn't in the picture. Her mom wasn't there really to take care of her. So she moved in with her grandmother at a young age and ended up applying to school, getting in. And in the middle of her schooling, she was, her grandmother rather, um, suffered a stroke. And so Miracle had to take on responsibility as power of attorney to take care of her grandmother and started making those payments in order to, to make sure she was okay. That's incredible. I mean, and this is such an accomplished young woman working so hard and giving of herself like that. My heart really went out to her. How did you help Miracle get her finances in order? So Miracle also, as we mentioned, graduated from college with over $80,000 in debt. And she got a job out of school, right out of school and started earning money, but not enough to cover the $900 per month student loan bill, which is so incredibly high considering all the other expenses that she also had to pay, whether it was rent and food, transportation. And so with Miracle, we asked her questions around what does she want her career to look like? Because the path that she was taking wasn't necessarily going to reap huge benefits financially to be able to pay off her student loan. And come to find out, Miracle has been a violinist for the majority of her life, and she's always wanted to be a full-time violinist. She wanted to make her passion her full-time career. So that's where I spent a lot of time working with Miracle, was figuring out how to book gigs as a violinist, increase her income, and, and get to a place where she could create financial freedom on her own terms. That's so great because then she could use her passion to actually improve her financial situation. That was wonderful, the advice you gave her. Thank you. Yeah, it was definitely a team effort. I love those types of collaborations. You know, I feel that I bring some wisdom to the table and then the person I'm working with also brings their wisdom to the table and together we co-create magic. And, and with Miracle, she was all for it. It was quite awesome. And I noticed when I was watching all the 10 episodes of the show that a lot of these kids didn't come from families where there was some built-in person who could give them good financial advice. Some of them had parents who were totally in debt also and who were real big spenders. And so having you come in from the outside and help them was really the only way they were going to get put on a better path. So I was really proud of the work that we did in the show, helping these kids. Now, another kid who I thought was so impressive was Alana. And she's interesting because she's really involved in a very modern day career path. Alana, again, one of my favorites. Yeah, so she graduated from Pepperdine University and she graduated with probably around $80,000 in debt as well. I'm a little fuzzy on the numbers, but I remember it was around that. And she, she wanted to be a full-time live streamer. She wanted to create YouTube videos. She wanted to live stream and showcase her 
amazing food recipes, which is definitely a more modern career and one that does take some time to, to build and generate income. So how did you help her go from building that, which wasn't going to result in enough income? How did you help her create enough income while she was still pursuing her dream? One of the things that we did with Alana was was first help her, similar to Obi, become aware of her spending because Alana, Alana did have some areas that she could cut back on. Any entrepreneur knows that when you're in the the building stages of the business, you do have to cut back in other areas of your life in order to I, I look at a business as a baby. So the baby takes priority. You have to feed the child before they're able to walk on their own and, and take care of themselves. So in Alana's case, we helped her become aware of her different spending habits so that she could make improvements in those areas. The second thing that we did with her was go through her closet and, and see if there was any way that she could sell some of her items in order to generate cash. Oh, well, that's great. I mean, there's so much variety on the show, and I hope that everybody will watch it or tell people who they know who are in debt to watch this show. And of course, since this show is oriented towards people who need help with their finances, it's available for free. You don't have to go to a paid streaming service to watch it. It's available on Crackle, and you can watch that online at crackle.com, or you can stream Crackle on Apple TV, Amazon Fire, Roku, Apple iOS, Android. I mean, it's available everywhere. It's the largest advertiser-supported streaming service, I believe. So I want to thank you, Denitha, for having joined us today to talk about this. How can our listeners learn more about you? Thank you so much, Amy, for the opportunity to connect with you and the audience. If you want to connect with me, you can find me over at moneymimosas.com. Every day we have a new article with financial tips. And, and then you can also follow me on social media. All my social media handles are on moneymimosas.com. And that is an amazing website and actually a lot of fun to read. I really enjoyed. I spent quite a bit of time reading all of your posts on moneyandmimosas.com. So, Denitha, thank you. And to our listeners out there, thank you for listening to the Chicken Soup for the Soul podcast. I hope you'll enjoy watching Going From Broke on Crackle and you'll share it with family and friends. And please come back next week for more great storytelling where we will entertain you and inspire you at the same time. Mm -hmm.